Welcome to the Self-Helpful Podcast. I'm Kevin Miller, and I partner with our biggest publishers and agencies to bring you the most up-to-date experts and personalities in personal growth and development and improvement so you can be in the know and growing into your fullest capacity, me as well. In this episode, we're talking about habits and goals and what to do when our plans are disrupted. And this wraps up my series on Michelle Seeger and her book, The Joy Choice, How to Finally Achieve Lasting Changes in Eating and Exercise. And her focus is just that, the habits that we intend to fulfill and how we so often fail, especially around eating and exercise. Uh, but we look at our habits as all or nothing. And when life happens, we often just let them fall completely. And the key is being prepared for this, expecting it even, and having a plan. So in this episode, I bring Tom Ziegler on to discuss this and how it also relates just to our overall goals. I mean, Tom, as you know, is CEO of Ziegler, son of Zig Ziegler, and of course, my frequent co-host, and he's grown up in a goals culture. That's what Ziegler's known for, goals. And he knows well what derails us. So we discuss here strategies for making consistent deposits and how to pick up when we lose momentum, which we will. If you find value from this self-helpful podcast and this specific episode, leave a review if you would and mention this one. Subscribe and best of all, share with somebody that you know, something you learned today. It'll help you get more benefit and you'll elevate someone else's day. You can connect with me at kevinmiller.co. Next up, Tom Ziegler and I discuss how to keep progressing with habits and goals when life disrupts our plans. I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Tom, when I was talking with Michelle about the the habits, you know, and, and that concept of, yeah, we tend to make habits, make our habits or list them out in a, with the expectation of, you know, things are going to go as we intend as we hope for, for the day. And then of course the day punches us in the face, something different happens and our habits go by the wayside, especially the ones that we can't just fulfill right there in the morning. You know, if you've got a morning routine and you're going to do your devotions and do your prayer and do your meditation and maybe do some exercise, you can get those done at 5am or 6am or whatever your gig is. That's great. And then the day happens, but during the day, you know, especially if you haven't exercised in the morning, you're going to try to do that later on. You're going to try to go for a lunch run, or you're going to try to go to the gym later or whatnot, and you're going to eat lunch and eat dinner. Those things happen out here during the day and the day often does not go as planned. 
And there we go. And that's why she says, you know, eating and exercise are the habits that fall by the wayside most. Actually, let's just start there because I want to get into goals, uh, kind of a different perspective, but let's just start there because you and I just prior to the show, were talking about your streak. Let's tell me the streak or tell us the streak. Now, again, you're on 30 days in a row of exercise, 33 days, 33. Don't let me forget the three days. Okay. 33 days of exercise. What was the motivation catalyst? Yeah. So one of our, one of my good friends, Scott Erickson. Yeah, I know Scott. He's actually in Finland right now competing in the world masters uh, for shot put and discus. He's the U S champion for his age group in both, in both of those. How old is he? He's 60. He's a beast. He's a beast. Yeah. And he's literally a beast. He's like, Eight feet tall and 800 pounds, isn't he? He's a big I guy. think he's 6'6", six, six, about 260, 270. Yeah. Very little fat. Uh, but, and he wins his age group and his throws are further than the younger age groups too. And what's interesting about Scott is when you think of a, a track and field guy, you know, discus shot. You don't, you know, you know, you think of the big, huge people, right? Scott does stretch bands. He does sprints. Uh, he's, he's done a little bit of weight training for this one, but that wasn't what got, you know, won him the championships before. So he's very, uh, very clued in to overall health. So it's not just strength for a competition. It's, you know, what's going to make me a, a, a stronger human being. Yeah, he reminds yeah. me kind of more of the CrossFit kind of guy who can, yeah, run, do the weights, do the whole deal. Yeah. He, he loves going out and doing sprints. Um, and he said it's amazing how much um, flexibility you gain from just doing eight or nine or ten sprints. And I go, how, how many sprints? And he goes, uh, I do 60-yard sprints, uh, eight or ten, at a, you know, and then that's it. But he says, I go all out. I go as fast as I can. And he goes, which is really slow. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. But it is. So the guy's over 60. It is weird. I started doing. I don't do that many. I need to do. I'm, I'm getting inspired right now hearing you. But I, I run. You know, I run. I, I mountain bike. And the mountain biking especially. I mean, you, you can go full tilt boogie there getting up a steep hill or whatever. But the running, I'm just kind of running along at my pace. Sometimes faster, sometimes slower. Totally different world to sprint. You feel like a goofy little kid. It's kind of primal. And, and if you don't watch out, you hurt yourself if you just start doing it. But if you build up to it, it is so, I mean, you're going to have to, you're going to have a hard time being an old person shuffling along if you're doing sprints. Yep. And, and you know, what's funny is uh, he set a goal and he's, his goal was 60, 60 at 60. And so I said, well, what does that mean? And he said, well, I'm 60. And he said, I wanted to do uh, 60 reps on an incline bench with 60-pound dumbbells. That's, that's nuts. That's a lot, right? Yeah. Uh, 60, 60, it's 60. And, and he's, this is a funny story. We should get him on here to tell it. But a couple of months ago, he was in the gym. And he always, he's very observant. So he watches all the young guys, you know, all the posers. And he needed to use the incline uh, bench, and there were some 45s there, and he was he was building up at this time, so he was using 45s, 
And so he saw the young guy over there talking to his friends. And he says to the young guy, hey, you mind if I work in a set? And the young guy was a little perturbed, right, that he was going to interrupt. And Scott said, he says, no, I'll get done really quick. And so he reaches down and he grabs the 45s. And the young guy's like looking at him like, are you sure you want to do that? And so <laughs> Scott whips out 50 reps with the, and puts them down. And the young guy said, I just got spanked in three languages, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. So Scott told me about his friend and his friend was saying, you know, uh, I haven't been working out a lot. I need to do more. And Scott said, well, what are you doing? And he said, well, I was, he says, I do about 30 medicine ball squats a day. And Scott said, wow, that's fantastic. You know, that's over time. That's a really strong base. And so it, Kevin, it just hit me, you know, wait, I could do that. I've got a 10 pound medicine ball and not too heavy. And so I started uh, that routine and now over a month, every day been doing these squats and then I started adding planks to it. Um, and so now I'm doing a couple of sets of planks. I had two seconds a day on the plank. Nice. And, and today I started, I got up to 30 squats uh, with the medicine ball, three sets of 10. Now I'm doing four sets of squats uh, and I'm building up to where I'm going to be doing 40. So today it was 31. So I did <laughs> eight, 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 and seven, and then two, two sets of planks, uh, which by the way, uh, I think planks are truly demonic in some way. I'm not really, I think it's right next to water torture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's been really interesting. So I'm doing the elliptical. I do seven minutes. Uh, then I get off and I do, uh, medicine ball squats and plank, and then I get back on for seven more minutes. So I'm kind of doing that, uh, you know, interval training with mixing it up. And I think uh, what's cool about this is the first off is the streak, but the second is just building it super slow and adding in a variety of stuff. And so I'm, I eventually want to add in sprints. Mm -hmm. um, and Scott's a big, big sprint guy, you know, only six or eight or 10 sprints, but I hear you get great results with that. I'm just, I'm just trying to figure how odd it's going to look for me. <laughs> it does. It does look odd, but man, you know, I come from the endurance world and I'll see a lot of people who are really advanced in their years and they're still riding their bike. Uh, they're still running, but they have just done kind of that moderate speed, moderate effort. And, you know, you see the old, old person and they're, they're still running, you know, they're 90 and they're short, but they're just shuffling along, just barely, you know, getting those feet. As opposed to, yeah, I mean, sprinting, sprinting is an all body workout and that, that kinetic type of, uh, activity, uh, uh, burpees, you know, is another one that nobody likes much, but man, to be able to do a burpee, to be able to jump down, do a push up, jump back up, it kind of like sprints. I mean, you're using your whole body and man, if we would do that, the flexibility, like you talked about and the strength that that causes or necessitates from our core, from our everything. But yeah, we don't do that. It looks goofy. It feels goofy. I mean, it's what you do as a little kid. And 
I do. I enjoy it too. But I mean, you gotta, I, I just, when I say that, if anybody says, oh, I want to start doing sprints, watch out. It's the quickest way to get yourself injured. If you have not been doing them, even if you have been, even if you're a, a rock star runner doing marathons, or whatever, if you've not done sprints and start doing it, so I would say, like you, you said, Tom, start really slowly, start with a, a half sprint and do a couple of those. And that's it. Give it a day and work up really slow. If you can get to where you can go full out, that's awesome. And that's the plan. And Scott's logic is it's hard to beat. He's when I said, why sprints? And he, he looked at me and he said, well, let me ask you, think of a marathon runner. Okay. I got it. I got a picture of my head. You know, he said, like, I'm a champion. I said, yeah. And he goes, now think of a world-class sprinter. And I said, yeah, I've got that. He said, which one do you want to look like? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like it's true, the marathon runner or Usain Bolt? Yeah, I know. And I'm like, yeah, you know, Usain Bolt and anybody he runs against, they look pretty good. I'm like. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of it. But, you know, to what you said, Tom, I mean, uh, a big, and of course, you know, hopefully people have heard my initial show with uh, Michelle Seeger on her Joy Choice book, is that we have these habits, we we set them out, I'm going to do this many burpees, I'm going to, or you're, you're, for you, this many kettlebells, this many, you know, squats, this many blah, 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 and we set that out, and then boom, something happens, you know, you get a call, and you forgot about us, an interview, uh, or, or something, or, you know, somebody's in the doctor's appointment, or the hospital, or, you know, all the things that happen, and it gets interrupted, and our tendency to be all or nothing, that's really a big part of her thing, our habits, we look at them all or nothing, and if things don't go right, we just bag it, as opposed to you saying, well, everything just went haywire, I forgot about this doctor's appointment, and uh, I didn't get anything done, and thinking, well, I could go into the bathroom, because it's going to look funny if I do this out in the foyer, if you're, if you're that brave, great, do it in front of everybody, but otherwise, you know, go into the bathroom or behind the office or something, and just do 20 body squats and get something in and that daily deposit of just having done something as opposed to the all or nothing. And, and I get that. It's like that with our, you know, we're planning to eat well and then somebody brought in donuts and you didn't want to be an outcast. And so you had a donut or five and you figure, well, since I had that, I might as well go join everybody at fast food today and just bag it and, and say, no, you know, so I, I went off a little bit, just get back on the horse and our ability to make those moment-by-moment moment choices when the habits get derailed. Because that's what I see. I've done it myself, Tom, and I see that in our culture. It's kind of this all-or-nothing thing. So for you, if you don't get to do your perfect morning routine, can you do a flight of stairs somewhere? Can you sprint through the uh, parking compound or whatever it may be and uh, get something in instead of nothing? I think a big key here is we decide in advance how we're going to handle that disruption. Yeah, yeah. And so there's two decisions. Uh, so I always look, and most people do this, they look at their schedule for tomorrow or next week, the day before, right? Or a week in advance. And I knew that last week I was going to be teaching a class uh, from eight until five 30 for three days in a row. And I knew that I was going to leave uh, an hour before that class started from my house in order to get there, mm -hmm. which meant that I was going to have to work out um, early in order to keep the street. 
which meant that I needed to make sure that I was in bed early so that I had all of that and I had to do all my prep before last minute in order to make sure that it all happened. And so that's when we have a, a planned schedule change. Then there's the unplanned schedule change. Flights delayed or yeah. canceled, uh, the emergency happens. And so I think you have to divine in advance, what does it mean to keep the streak? So my streak is 30 something days working out in a row, right? And well, what does that mean? Does it mean that in order to keep the streak, I have to do the same exact workout that I've been doing the previous 30 some odd days? Or does it mean that I need to do something that qualifies as a workout to keep the streak? Yeah. And, and so you give yourself the grace and the plan of action beforehand. And so now it's like, you know what? I could do 30 squats without a medicine ball anywhere. And I could do them five at a time or 10 at a time. Yeah. And that's not going to take any, any time at all. We're literally talking less than five minutes and I'd probably count that as keeping the streak. Totally. Right? Cause I worked out, I worked out. And so we've got to have the, the, the plan of what success looks like for the streak. Uh, but we only pull it out in case of emergency. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's yeah. like for me right now, the thing that's motivating, motivating me the most is, adding something either an extra rep or a different exercise every day and so today i did one more squat so today i did 31 nice and so i'm building that up to where i'm going to be doing 40 uh squats and, and with that ball and for my age you know and maybe you know maybe in your realm of experts i'm i'm i know there's a limit where it's not really benefiting me but I feel more comfortable adding rep and form than I am weight uh, at, you know, at the age that I'm at, because I'm not trying to compete as a world-class athlete. I want to, I don't want to hurt something. Yeah. Uh, so I'm working on either uh, going slower on the squat or better form or, or one more rep rather than going out and buying a, a 12 pound medicine ball. Well, and again, we're looking at, you, like you said, what's a streak uh, or what keeps the streak, which the majority of us, we do not have to move anymore much at all to exist. We just don't have to. So uh, uh, an average day could be, man, my, my heart rate never gets that high. My muscles never get that stressed. So to do anything is a win to some degree. You know, I mean, to do just to get that heart rate up, to get some the muscles uh, stressed a little bit is so far above the average. And we don't realize that we have to do so little. And I find myself trying to have people minimize workouts these days because they do get into that thing. I got to do more. I got to push hard. I got to go to the ultimate. That's great as long as your attitude is okay with it. But if you're dreading it, if it is absolute misery, it's not going to be sustainable. And I do that with myself every once in a while. I mean, I try to do, you know, some push-ups, some pull-ups, some, uh, some dips for me, uh, every day. Now my riding and running is play for me. So I, I, I do that a lot, but the resistance stuff is not as fun, but sometimes I mean, you can see 
I don't know if you can see the bar behind me. I got a you know pull up bar on, on my door, and I'll go over there and think, okay, I'm going to whip out you know ten or twelve or so uh, of those. Which if I just hop on it and do, and I do I do wide grip, and I do really full, really slow, and I can do you know eleven or twelve generally. But sometimes I'll get up there and go, man, I just I just am not enjoying this, and I'll just do five. Super easy for me. I mean, just but I just did it. So today I did five, and you know the next time I come through and I do three and whatever. But I did a little bit of something, and try to get past that feeling of, I've seen it with my kids of feeling like, Oh my gosh, I've got to push myself to misery every single time. And it's generally not sustainable. And I'll say, man, just, just do a little bit, just, just make it easy. And again, we can take that to dietary stuff as well with our food of, you know, does it have to be today? I'm going to have just vegetables or, or whatever. Well, how about just more vegetables? How about just more water? Even if you did have the donut, which I say that, and I am, uh, my daughter's about a mile away from my office right now. And after we're done with this, we're going for donuts, Tom. So I'm just putting that out there. Put it out there, man. Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to take about 20,000 breaths, according to the EPA, the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, sometimes up to a hundred times more polluted. At my studio, we have heat being forced through old ducts. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. No idea what's floating in the air that I'm taking constant gulps of. The solution is an air purifier and air doctor is just the best. Air doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses. They do it so your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital, and Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is. And Shopify is king in that department. They also have top tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. Another, another thing that's really helped me in my, um, in this habit is I have, you know, I always like audiobooks, And in the morning mm-hmm. I have my, you know, my routine where I'm reading and learning. Um, 
and so I'm being very uh, intentional about the audiobooks, and I'm listening to the audiobook while I'm working out. Uh, and so I'm getting that two for one. So I feel like uh, it's it's great mental time for me, as well as it's great uh, physical time for me. Yeah. And, but I'll tell people, you know, dad was the opposite. When he exercised, he didn't want any brain input because he was um, processing everything he'd already put in. Yeah. He used the exercise time to focus on the exercise and to kind of process all the stuff he was learning. So everybody's different. So it doesn't, one's not better than the other. Yeah. I do like, and some people listen to just, uh, uplifting music, you know, so it could be even like a praise and worship time for some people, uh, you know, just just to do that. But I like the audiobooks, books. Um, and it's like so my next my next thing that I'm trying to figure out is my workout has grown from about a 32 minute workout to about a 40 minute workout mm -hmm. because I'm adding these sets in and I'm wondering when I'm going to hit the practical limit of, cause I know I can't just, okay, I'm working out three hours a day. <laughs> that's, that's, that's yeah. not going to work in my life. So I'm wondering when that, when that time point is going to say, okay, you know, 45 minutes is ideal on a, on a regular basis. Well, and, and as you're saying, finding your secret sauce for the time, for the exercise, for the input, you know, it's back to Randy's Dr. Randy James thing of what's the best exercise, whichever one you'll just keep doing. So you figure out how to make it happen. And what I've been doing, Tom, again, I kind of, I kind of burnt out on weightlifting and stuff. I have a full gym at my house and I just, I wasn't enjoying it. And so now I, I don't even have a, uh, I mean, again, I do my rides and my runs, but, but on the, on the muscle resistance, I don't have a workout schedule or block of time, I'll just drop down, do my push-up set, and then just go back to work, go back to writing. And then I'll go up to go to the restroom in 45 minutes and think, oh, I'm saying that drop down, do some more push-ups or some dips. And I just do little sets throughout the day and uh, kind of keeps me revived. And I figure keeps my metabolism and energy up. And that's another way to do it. Instead of, you know, folks are listening and think, man, I don't, I don't even want to do, you know, a 30 minute or 45 minute, do one minute five times today, just in between stuff as well and keep things rolling. And, you know, Tom, I want to ask, I mean, you use the word disruption. So for those watching the video, there's Tom's book right there, 10 leadership virtues for disruptive times. I want to take that into as Michelle, as the, as the focus with Michelle Seeger and her joy choice book here was talking about habits. I wanted to take it into goals because you know, we're talking similar things. I mean, this is, this is, you know, Ziegler is about, Goals, one of probably one of the names most associated with goal setting and goal planning and whatnot. And we see the same thing happen there. My family, we come together on New Year's and we talk about goals and write down our goals for the next year, have the kids do that and, and work through that. And we write those down. And again, it's with a things going as expected and they don't. And they do get disrupted. And so when your goals get disrupted, and we're talking about the goal may be to lose some weight, to do, it may be the daily habits. And it also may be this year, I want to increase my income by 25%. Or I want to find a romantic relationship and get you know involved with somebody. I want to, these big goals too. And they do get disrupted. And they do, we do often not meet them fully, but we meet them partially or whatnot, but let's, let's take the concept in there. Cause it's the same thing. 
we often be tend to be all or nothing with our goals. And you've been dealing with this your entire life. So take the concept into that of how to, again, the benefit of making the, I guess the, of making the deposits continually, even if you're not knocking it out of the park every day. Yeah. And so I'm going to start off from, um, kind of a foundational concept and we could have in our life a turning point event. Uh, and it could be a really positive turning point event, or it could be traumatic. Okay. And so when that happened, and this is, this goes back to disruption. And so our, the way we, the way we look at it and digest it is we say, okay, that was a turning point event. That was a traumatic event. Let's just use traumatic. Um, and, and, and so when that happens, we do one of three things with it. We either bury it, right? Ignore it. And, and, but it, but it's, but because we haven't dealt with it, it's going to have an impact on our life without us even knowing it. Right. It's going to raise its head, right? Every time the, sc the scab gets peeled off, there yeah. it is. Or we fixate on it and we get really negative about it. How did this happen? You know, this isn't fair. And we fixate on it. And, or the third is we step back and go, what did I learn? What does that really mean? Uh, I don't like what happened. How can I make the most of it? Right. And so that's where we deal with it. And so whichever direction that you go in, what happens is, is you start to form a belief. Yeah. And then that belief becomes an identity. Okay. Okay. And so when you talk to somebody and you say, Hey, I've got a different opinion than you on that. And they just go off the chart upset. It's because for them, it's not an opinion for them. It's an identity and you've just attacked their identity. Mm -hmm. So let's do a real world example. Um, you, you go and you get your first job, right? So now you're working. And, you know, the rules are you get there at eight, you leave at five, you get everything done, you turn in your paperwork, um, your manager is looking over your shoulder, seeing that this is how you do it. And then you check all the boxes and over a period of time, you get a raise or a promotion and you start to think, okay, well, that was a pretty, uh, pretty impactful time of my life, my first job. And so you start to develop beliefs, which is, Gosh, I got to work during this time frame. I got to go into the office to work and uh, or the workplace to do it. And people are going to judge my work. And I'm either playing by the rules or I'm an outcast. So I better play by the rules because I want to grow. And then that belief becomes your identity. Hey, when you ask me who I am, this is who I am. I This is how you perform. This is how you're judged. And then the pandemic comes along yeah. yeah, and suddenly work is completely different. And so everybody's going through this crisis of golly, you know, I'm, I'm working from home now and all this new technology gets developed and people start to learn how to lead differently. And so you've got this situation of golly, I have to challenge my identity based on this belief that sprung from this is the way work is done. And that's a challenging thing. 
And so we have the same process in every area of our life. This is the way family's done. This is the way physical health is done. This is the way. So what are we to do? Well, we look at the current situation and we say, we're never going back. It's never going to be that way again. And we wipe the slate clean and we say, knowing what I know, what's going to give me the best chance of success? Oh, wait, what is success? <laughs> so we've got to redefine what success looks like. When I was in my 20s, physical success meant looking a certain way mm -hmm. in my clothes, right, to get the adoration of mainly people from a different gender, <laughs> right? Now my definition of success is sitting down with Dr. James and he says, man, that blood work, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> right. A whole different criteria. Uh, success is being able to enjoy life, you know, all day long. And when I sleep all night, right. I mean, that's my, it's being able to do what I want to do physically yeah. without limitation. You say you got mobility and all those things. And so what am I getting at? Sometimes uh, we have to let go of all of our preconceived notions and build a new reality based on impact, based on the success that we want. And so I think a lot of times with goals, people are revisiting the past. Oh, you know what? That's a goal that I need to do. I've always wanted to do that goal. Well, wait a second. You're at a different place in your life. Who said that's the goal for you right now? And so a lot of people never even um, set new goals because all they've had is disappointment and heartbreak because they never followed through and completed the old goals. Mm -hmm. And so what we need to think of is, I love this concept from transition to transformation. So realize that you're in the middle of a transition, that the world is different now. Because now, um, one of the interesting things about work is that when you ask people what they value, they value work schedule flexibility more than where they work flexibility. So when we think of work from home, we think, oh, people really like working from home. Well, when you dig into it, they do like working from home, but what they like even more than that is working when they want to. And so maybe we need to look at our health, like you just said. Maybe, maybe the transition is, is that working out isn't a designated time in the gym that takes me an hour and a half, 15 minutes to get there, 15 minutes to get home, and an hour to work out. Maybe the healthy lifestyle that I want is, you know, 20 minutes in the morning doing this and you know, five minute uh, stretch breaks during the day and then 20 minutes in the evening. That's that's a great routine if if that works for you. Right. Yeah. So yeah. so that call that uh, or somebody else, you know, we're moving from transition. Hey, I'm not sure this uh, to transformation. And so what I'm really trying to lay out is with goal setting, a lot of times our success and future goals 
is throwing out all the baggage of all the goals that we thought we should have done and didn't do and carrying that weight forward. No, that's what's happening in the business world today is great leaders are understanding that the world has changed and we can actually be more productive and have higher quality of life by embracing this new way rather than saying, well, the way I learned it, my identity is eight to five, five days a week, 45 minute commute each way. Right. That's my identity. Well, guess what? We can change. We can say, no, no, wait a second. What's the result that I want? Uh, so one of the key words in business is they're moving from, from prioritizing output to prioritizing outcome. Mm-hmm. And so I think in our physical health and goals, it might be to really get clarity on the outcome you want. And then backtrack and say, okay, so what is a, what is a, a goal in physical, whether it's eating or sleep or movement or how I handle stress, that's going to give me that outcome, mm-hmm. right? Instead of measuring output, which is, yeah, I got to do 30 burpees today or I'm a failure. Yeah. And Tom, you, you know, you, you, you mentioned something a second ago you, about the goals that we look at and say that I, we didn't do that. We didn't, you know, we didn't make that happen. We're kind of living in the past. That has been something that I have paid more attention to as time goes on. And I see the goals that I am not achieving to sit back and go, you know what? Maybe I just don't want that goal instead of berating myself. And I've found a lot of freedom and just saying, it's not a goal that I want, obviously. And can I just be okay with that? Can I let that one go or say, it's just not the time. That is something I want to do bucket list type thing, but I'm just realizing it's not something that makes sense for me right now, or I don't want it enough now, or I want some other things more and looking at it differently instead of just looking at, Oh, I'm berating myself. Cause I didn't make that happen. Same way with the habits, uh, like an exercise. If I'm going along going, man, I didn't run again today. And I didn't run again today. I had a buddy of mine who, uh, this happened to, he was trying to kind of turn over a new leaf and running. And he kept telling us about how much he hated running. And I finally said, dude, if you hate running, how about you don't run? How about do something else? If it's that thing that you just over and over, don't do, if you just hate the plank, then maybe don't do the plank, do something else that works the core that you enjoy uh, a little bit more. And again, looking at you, you mentioned identity, Tom, I continue to grow more and more towards the value of that. As I was talking with Michelle about habits of looking at saying, you know, okay, I need to work out. I need to work out for my health or my weight loss or my whatever I need to, I need to work out. And it's this necessary evil type thing as opposed to looking and going, I want to become, I'm going to become kind of turn over a new leaf, become a, as you said, kind of identify as something different. I'm going to, I'm the kind of person who works out. That's just part of what I do. I'm the kind of person who that's who I am. So Kevin, can I identify, can I take on that identify identification as I'm someone who works out? I've got, I, I know why I want to, I've got my out, you know, my outcome, like you said, I've got that out there, but now I am, I am changing. I am, I am that people have done that in some, so many ways they don't give themselves credit for, you know, somebody started gardening and they now say, gosh, yeah, I'm a gardener. Somebody started tennis and say, yeah, I play, I play tennis. I am now, uh, you, you went through a time when you were not an author. 
And then you finally pen that first book that came out. And you say, I'm the kind of person who writes. That's part of what I do now. I'm the kind of person who speaks. You didn't grow up or you didn't, uh, you weren't born on the stage. Not quite close, maybe, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, you're, what we identify with and, I, and I'm starting to look at, I'm the kind of person that does X. I'm the kind of person that's compassionate. And take these things on as my, again, you use that word identity. And I think that is so important. Now, on the one hand, we tend to limit ourselves with our you know, self-limiting identities, but can we come over here and embrace a new identity of that thing that we would like to get ourselves doing and start thinking of it? That's why I like with exercise, I wish more people would take on the concept of I'm an athlete. I engage in movement, exercise, activity, a sport or whatever. I, I do that. And so I am an athlete. You don't have to be a paid professional to call yourself an athlete. Somebody who's an athlete is somebody who does athletic endeavors, athletic activities, I would say. Same thing of you know how you eat. I mean, there are certain things that I have chosen. I haven't been to a fast food place and I couldn't tell you when. Well, I, I, just, I just don't go to fast food places. They don't serve the kind of food that I want to, you know, put in my body. Now I say that I'm also going to go get a donut. I mean, you got to have your lines, right? Uh, but again, how we identify has become more and more important to me to say, I am the kind of person who does X that does so much for my own conviction and my propensity to at that turning point event during my day that disrupts things to come back and go, okay, but I'm still the person who does X. So I'm going to figure out a way to make it happen today. Highest standards, back to your thing, Tom, highest standards. Now, I also have the deepest grace. And if it just didn't happen today, okay, but it's going to tomorrow. Yep. Yeah, and, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking, gosh, what am I really enjoying about the streak? Um, mm. And I think what it is, is incrementalism. It's just doing a little bit more yeah. the next time. But I can already tell you that um, what I'm getting excited about now is when I is replacing something I get wary with, with something yeah. that is intriguing and growing. And so I think, I think what I'm really enjoying is incorporating something new or different to a level where, hey, I got pretty good at that. Okay, what's next? And so there's just this cycle of it's always new. So every time I go out. So right now I'm adding in planks uh, and I'm already thinking when I'm going to add the sprints in. And then I'm thinking, well, what else can I do uh, that's going to give me mobility and flexibility and everything else? And Kevin, I think, you know, one of the things I'm really intrigued about the, the sprinting aspect of it is how slow can I build it? Mm. Meaning I'm going to do something every day, but it might take six months before I can run eight full out 60 yard sprints, right? It just, it might just take some time. Uh, I do stretching when I'm done and I really like the stretching because there's a point in my stretch where I, I feel that very satisfying pop. <laughs> yeah. Right, where everything just comes back in a in a line uh, alignment. Uh, but I think, you know, my identity right now is I'm focusing on growth. That's really that's all it is. 
And so I'm letting go of the fact of, golly, I've, you know, this is as far as I can grow here or as far as I want to grow instead of just staying there in that no growth zone. Or, well, that's what I've done for the last 40 days. I'm saying, I'm just going to replace it with something else, right? I'm, I'm just going to look for another thing to grow in that gives me the outcome I want. I like the concept too, along with that, Tom, of just having options, kind of, again, going back to Michelle's thing of saying, okay, this is my intended habit for the day with exercise, diet, work, whatever it may be. This is my intended habit and having a, a backup plan in essence. Okay. If this doesn't have, this gets disrupted. If the kids go haywire or school calls or whatever the interruption may be, um, then here's my second tier option. Here's my third tier option. Here's my fourth. And even like you saying with the exercises, we do tend to look at those habits and try to dial in the perfect habits and then think we need to stick in there. And I've really enjoyed allowing myself permission to say, you know what? I just don't feel like riding lately. I mean, I, I love mountain biking, but for some reason, that's just, I'm just not feeling it. Okay, go run. And if I'm not feeling that I can go swim, I can just go for a walk. I can do, you know, what is that thing that I can put in there? And of course, with the resistance exercises, there's a hundred things, you know, that you can do different things and to find the one that you like, if it needs to be solo, if it's a time of solitude, if you want a group, make it a social activity. My wife uh, does Zumba classes and I think she likes the social aspect of it more so than even the exercise. She doesn't even fit to play, which is what my riding and running is I, I've uh, had fun recently seeing there's a run that I do that goes by a tennis court and I'm seeing people playing pickleball. That's gotten to be such a big thing these days. And I see them laughing as much as anything. I think that's, that's the kind of sustainable, you know, exercise. But, uh, you know, I did want to say, Tom, that, you know, with the streak, that's kind of a gamification type thing. We see that with social media apps. My kids, my, my kids uh, have gotten into uh, Snapchatting each other. And I didn't even know what Snapchat really was. So when I'm putting it on my phone, I said, Dad, come on, do it with us. And uh, so they send me their pictures or wherever they are throughout the day, and I'll, I'll do it back. And they talk about that. Dad, you got you to do it back to me to keep the streak going. Uh, it's a thing that they do to keep you, you know, your attention on their little app, of course. But with that, we know the value of that, the value of momentum. However, we also know the detriment it can be, the discouragement it can be, when you lose that momentum, which is going to happen. I mean, at some point, Tom, something's going to happen and you're going to end up and you're going to go three days and not having done something because you, maybe you just get sick, you know, and you're in bed. I mean, you can't do it, man. That can be so, I see so many people that just are totally waylaid by that. Again, it feels like that all or nothing. I had the street going now I'm off for three days and we hear that term. I fell off the bandwagon. You know, I just, I just lost it. Just don't just know that that's going to happen. Your streak is going to get disrupted at some point and you're going to miss a day or three days or a week or whatever. But man, every day that you have been doing it is growing your really the speed at, to, at which you can come back to it. They talk, we talk about muscle memory and if you have you know gained 10 pounds of muscle and then you lose it, your next attempt to gain it again, it'll happen quicker. I mean, it's really, that's a physiological thing. You get blood vessels that new blood vessels that have gone into that area, uh, and they'll come back and help things grow and regenerate even quicker. And it's like that with all of the things that we do, even if it's writing and you've been writing thousand, you know, 500 words a day or whatever, and you lose that streak, man, you'll get back into it quicker. So I want to, I want people to hear the value of having a streak of keeping the momentum of, of having that inertia going, 
but don't get so discouraged when something does happen. Again, we're back to disruption. Something stops that streak, man, jump back into it. You will get going again quicker. There's value in the future for every day that you keep that streak going for your ability to regenerate it when it gets disrupted. Yep. And when it comes to goals and the streak, I was just thinking, processing that, um, some goals we, we work on every day. Some we might work on four days a week. Like if you're uh, really trying to maintain good health, you might say, Hey, four or five days a week, I work out the other two days are off. So you can still have a, a streak where every seven days you're hitting your, your minimum. Right. So you can, you can have the joy of a streak as well. Uh, other, other goals that aren't physical related, you might only work on them once a week or, or every two weeks. Uh, but how consistent are you? One of the primary factors in people who are, are continually successful in whatever they do is their consistency. Mm-hmm. They just they just do it. They just carve the time. And if the life gets crazy, they just replan the next week and they add it back in or they add more of it. Uh, but they're never not going to make progress over a period of time. They're never going to say, okay, I'm done. You know, that's not going to happen. Yeah. They're just... I'm going to make some progress. I'm going to do something that's going to get me to where I want to go. Well, let me speak to that then, because uh, we're looking at, let's say diet and exercise. Again, that was the focus of Michelle's Seeger's book is really kind of looking at eating and exercise specifically with those, what you just said, consistency, those daily deposits, that is the bedrock, man. That is the foundation. You will do far better for yourself to eat, 80% healthy all day or every day. And, you know, 20%, maybe you go off, uh, you know, not quite as healthy as opposed to trying to, you know, live on fast food and processed food for three days and then try to make up for it and eat all healthy for three days. You're better off to have those deposits. Same thing with exercise. You're better off to do 20 minutes a day than to wait for Sunday and say, okay, I'm going to put in three hours on Sunday. You can't make up that ground. It doesn't, it doesn't work. There are other things, though, that you may find a deviation of, of that. I have, Tom, the whole idea of what was your goal in writing or even your dad talked about that. It was so many words per day. Yeah. So my goal was a thousand words per day. Right. And so so what happened is I needed to write 30,000 words uh, and I had 40 days left. Yeah. And so I said, you know what, I'm, when I get up in the morning, my schedule's clear. I'm going to write a thousand words before I eat anything. And like you and I have talked many times, food is a motivator. Uh, yes, and so I just, I just start writing and yeah. lo and behold, you get into it and you're done. I uh, ended up writing 36,000 words in, in 25 days or something, mm-hmm. just because when you're on a roll, you don't stop. And so a lot of days it was 12, 1300 words. Didn't feel like it. Some days it was like, wow, it took a lot to get that thousand out. Right. Yeah. I had to, you know, but I could always sit there and make progress. I mean, I'd look down and, and just make progress. And I wasn't worried about them being the perfect words. I was worried about getting it across because we I knew we could come back and polish it later. Well, I bring that up. I struggle, Tom, in, in, the, in the daily deposits writing-wise. Um, 
and that it may be a personality thing. It may be a ADHD thing. I don't, I don't know. It's a, but it's apparently a Kevin thing. It's really difficult for me just to get in and do a certain amount as opposed to I'll tend to just not do anything, no deposits. And then kind of like my joke with exercise, you know, you don't do any all week and then do three or four hours on a Sunday. That doesn't work with exercise over, uh, overall, but writing, it does seem to work better for me. I'll take literally a day. So last week I took two days and I had just dealt with everything, gotten it off the table. And all I'm going to do is writing. And in those two days, I wrote somewhere around 9,000 words. Now it's kind of a recrafting in my book right now. We're kind of restructuring stuff. So I knew I had the, it wasn't, this wasn't new concepts, but I was rewriting in a new structure and I just really went down the rabbit hole and wrote a ton. And I find myself with that, especially with some of the creative aspects that is, I I struggle more again, maybe it's my, just my attention, my focus issues. So the managing of my own dysfunction, maybe, uh, I struggle to do the little deposits of creativity as opposed to just really mapping out a big time. And I see that, you know, work for some people in some aspects, again, doesn't work for eating or exercise. You're better off to do those daily deposits, but in some of the aspects of your, of your work or, or some of the, um, you know, the, uh, gosh, even relationships. I mean, we talk about that a lot, you know, is it quantity or is it quality? And of course it's both, it's both. And I don't want to go for a week and not see my kids and then try to make it all up in one day. But Man, in the scheme of life, and especially when school's happening, there's a lot of just passing each other, not a lot of, not a lot of uh, in-depth time, not a lot of quantity or quality maybe. And then we'll look for those times and go, okay, man, Saturday, can we just, I just went camping with my kids, uh, two days, 48 hours, man, we were a hundred percent together and doing stuff. And oh, I was such a great, you know, deposit. So it's, you know, we're, we're talking about the ba- oh, an overall balance. And I think again, looking at what is the goal? How is, what's the, I think I've said the word secret sauce so many times. We're looking for the thing that works for us and we're all grasping for somebody else's idea that'll work for us. And you've got to find your own. You just mentioned Tom, was it yesterday? You and I were talking just offline and you said, you talked about a guy who had lost 60 pounds and he had taken this certain concept from a doctor and it worked for him. And of course we said, that's great. No idea if it worked for us because <laughs> it's, we're all incredibly unique. So that's the benefit of hearing all the ideas and figure out what's the one, what is the format that's going to help us continue with the habits, continue with the goals to get that outcome that we want. And it, it is, there's great concepts to adhere to, but at the end of the day, we got to find the ones that are going to work for us. hundred percent. Just a few words that if for you are listening and you're thinking, how can I incorporate this into my life? Um, here are a few words for you. Um, humility is the taproot of wisdom. And so I would just be humble and just say, Hey, I don't know everything I should know about any area of my life. So humility allows you to be curious. And so the next word is grow. So just, just get really focused on growing and learning. So learning and growing are hand in hand. So be a humble learning and growing person. And so you start off in an area and you forgive yourself for what, of the things that you regret as far as how you got there, <laughs> right? Or, yeah. or what's holding you back and just be a humble learner and grower. 
in that area. And you just say, hey, you know what? I can do this because I can grow. I can learn. And when we get, and I think that's really what I'm excited about where I am in my life with these different things is I just like learning and growing. Mm-hmm. And when you're learning and growing, the results follow. Minds me of my, 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 you know, my buddy, Tom Ziegler, having the highest standards that's right. and the deepest grace. That's my there goal. Friends, again, this conversation was instigated by my previous shows with Michelle Seeger and the message from her book, The Joy Choice, How to Finally Achieve Lasting Changes in Eating and Exercise. Thank you, as always, for choosing to tune in to the Self-Helpful Podcast. It'd be great if you'd leave a review about this episode and something that you learned, and even better, if you just share what you learned with someone else. I sincerely hope I've helped you help yourself. 